I record these stories on a laptop, then listen to them later on my phone to see if they're okay. And they sometimes sound different. I discovered that's because of a thing called Dolby Atmos. It's meant to be very good for film and jazz, <laughs> I think. But for this podcast, not so much. It tends to increase the volume on the parts that are meant to be at a low volume, ruining the subtlety and nuance of the story. So, if you're thinking that I'm a bit heavy-handed with the music and sound effects, maybe see if Dolby Atmos is turned on. It will sound a hell of a lot better without it. Our first one is Small Town Hatman. I come from a small family and grew up in a small town. Nothing scary ever happened to me until the summer when I was 10 years old. We didn't have AC, so I left my bedroom window open at night. While lying in bed trying to fall asleep, I'd listen to the sounds of the night. And one night, there was a new sound. My mind raced, trying to find an explanation. But there was no denying it. It was the sound of breathing. I was so scared, I didn't dare move for five or ten minutes. Then, somehow, I found the courage to reach up and pull the curtain across. There was no one there, and the breathing had stopped. A couple of nights later, it happened again and continued happening for a couple of weeks. Then, the dreams began. They'd start with me waking. I'd find I couldn't move my body, that I was stuck. Then, from the dark corner of my room, an even darker figure took one step toward me. It was the silhouette of a man. Very tall. The hat he was wearing almost reached the ceiling. He didn't speak or take another step. He just stood there facing me and breathing. Mm. 
it felt like it went on for hours. And it didn't end until I fell asleep. I told my mum and she explained that it was a phenomenon called sleep paralysis and that it wasn't real. I took a little comfort in this until it happened again. A few nights later, I tried telling myself it wasn't really happening, but I wasn't very convincing. I could see it and I could hear it. Why would my brain be doing this to me? It continued, not very often, maybe every six or eight months, for about four years. Then, when I was 14, I got my first smartphone and downloaded a sleep recorder. It became a habit turning on the recorder before going to sleep. I had to wait a while, but eventually I had the so-called sleep paralysis again. The next morning, I went out to the kitchen. My mum was already there. Mum, remember when I told you about the breathing in my room? Yeah. And you said it was just sleep paralysis. It is. What am I listening to? This is in my bedroom at 3.30 last night. And? That's not me. Oh my god. We tried playing it for my dad when he got home from work, but it wasn't there. The file was still on my phone, but the breathing had gone, and every subsequent recording was the same. All I could hear when I played them back were the sounds of a small town sleeping. This next one is a story of a ghost named Marie. My husband and I bought an old house in Chicago with money I inherited. It was affordable mainly because it needed a lot of work. As I was employed only part-time, it became my second job to supervise the work on the house. 
One day, while walking around the house, I got a distinct feeling someone was with me. It's hard to explain, but I could feel someone by my side as I assessed the empty rooms of the second floor. It didn't feel ominous at all, so I asked. Who are you? Can you tell me your name? And the answer came. Hurry. I was a little sceptical as to where this name had come from, since my middle name is Marie. Could it be my subconscious was throwing something familiar back at me? I decided to do some research at City Hall. In order to trust my psychic sense, I felt I needed a foundation, in fact. I discovered the original owner was a railroad conductor who sold the home in 1916. The property changed hands again in 1926, and the buyer was a woman named Mrs. Britt. Mrs. Marie Britt. I don't know much of Mr. Britt, except that his name wasn't on the deed. Something rather unusual for that era. But after learning through census records that the couple was still together in 1940, I came to the conclusion the reason for his omission from the document wasn't marital discord, but rather that Marie wanted to make sure the house remained in her name only. Perhaps because she'd purchased it with money from an inheritance as I had. Whatever the reason, it was a very modern way of thinking for 1926. The more I learned about Marie, the more real she became, and the more I liked her. I began noticing little things that spoke to her residency, like an old schoolroom type of pencil sharpener, dating from the 20s or 30s. After two years of ownership, I was finding evidence of Marie everywhere, but nothing besides hearing her name to indicate she was still present. Would she ever show herself? Eventually, she did, but not to me or my husband. We had hired a police officer, Jim, who was moonlighting as a carpenter to replace some wood trim in the house. Being a cop, he was a pretty level-headed guy. One night, when we came home, he told us he was on his knees 
installing a baseboard. He looked up for a moment and saw a woman dressed in 1920s attire coming down the stairs. After briefly regarding his work, she vanished. Later, I would sense but not see Marie on those same stairs. And once, I felt her pass through me. It was cold and tingly, like hundreds of low-voltage shocks happening at once. We feel Marie is a protective spirit, still looking after her house, 97 years after she bought it. Our last one is a story of a haunted house. And if you want to know more about it, after you hear it, there's a book titled The Uninvited, The True Story of the Union Screaming House. I want to thank Domingo Martinez for suggesting this story. And I'll see you next week. The lease on our apartment had ended and I needed desperately to find a place for my three children and me to live. I learned about a house for rent and went to the open house. It was a beautiful old house with so much more space than I'd expected for the price. We had to have this house. I filled out the application form and the landlady asked me, I hope you understand the responsibility of living in an old house like this. Yes, I understand. Well then, I'll get back to you. A week went by before the landlady called, telling me I'd got the house. And I was to meet her the following day at a restaurant to settle the paperwork. Odd, I thought, that she didn't want to meet me at the house. The next weekend, we moved in. I was taking the last few items from the truck when a car came down the street. It slowed down as it approached, and as it passed, the driver said, Hope you get along okay here. Then sped up and drove away. What did he mean? He was just being friendly. The first night, we all slept well, tired from the move. The next morning, 
I noticed something strange about our new home. Each of the interior doors had hook and eye latches, not on the inside to keep people out. These locks were on the outside, as if to keep something in. What is it, Dad? Oh, it's nothing. The first incident happened in the living room when I was hanging a picture. It was a framed print of two angels. I hung the picture, then turned to walk away. I picked up and re-hung the picture. What the hell? Dad, come see this. I went out onto the porch. Sit down and watch. Watch what? Just wait. I didn't have to wait long before my daughter pointed to an old man walking down the sidewalk toward our house. Just before he reached our property line, he crossed over to the other side of the street and continued walking on the opposite sidewalk. They've all been doing that. I sat on that porch for a long time, watching person after person cross to the other side. A couple of times I waved hello, but they just dropped their heads, pretended they didn't see me, and picked up their pace. We went inside for dinner, and the rest of the night went without incident. The next day was Sunday, a day we'd set aside for yard work. I thought it odd for the trees to be shedding their leaves, as it was spring. I asked my son to go inside and bring out the garden hose from where I'd left it in the basement. I wanted to clean off the walkways and wash down the weathered paint off the house. About a minute passed and then... <coughs> running frantically into the house, I found him in the kitchen. What's wrong? What happened? He told me something chased him up the basement steps. What chased you? I asked, already thinking. The overactive imagination of a little boy was at play here. He said he didn't know, just that it was big. I found nothing in the basement, except the garden hose that had been dropped during his panicked escape. We would come home in the evening to find every light turned on.
At first, I blamed the kids, but it soon became evident we weren't doing it. One evening, not long after we'd come home, my daughter called out from the living room. Dad, it's cold in here. That was the first time I felt its presence. As I entered the living room, it felt like an electrical current running through my body, giving me instant goosebumps. The temperature very quickly rose, but there was no explanation for it. It was a Sunday night, and we were all in the living room, discussing the kids' plans for a stay at their grandma's. I saw something from the corner of my eye, thankfully behind the children. In the doorway that led to the kitchen, something was moving. No, someone was moving. It was the dark figure of a man, his body made up of a churning black smoke. I looked away, positive it would be gone when I looked up again. But no, it was still there. It moved into the living room, its form still a swirling mist. Then it melted into the air. Thankfully, the kids hadn't seen it. I felt we had two choices. Run out of the house, screaming into the night, or quietly get up and leave the house in an orderly manner. My legs shook as I stood. Then, in my calmest daddy voice, I said, Who wants to go out and get a soda? The youngest was instantly excited. Yeah! But the other two looked at me as if I lost my mind. Come on, it'll be fun. Thankfully, my car keys were on the coffee table. I got the kids to the door. And the second we were outside, a loud, painful... Came from inside. Hurry, get in the car. I looked up at the house. The black figure was standing at the window, watching us leave. We stayed at my parents' house for about a week, but we had to go back. Where else could we go? We arrived back at the house on a Friday night, and the weekend went by without incident. I called the landlord. Did any of the previous tenants ever mention a ghost? No. 
Not really. She wasn't much help. A few days passed, and I had convinced myself it was a one-time ordeal. Then, one night, I heard something. And assumed it was the kids. Whatever you're doing, cut it out! Before I could scold them again... Hey! Dad! I'm breathing, and the boys are both asleep. What happened next is still a bit of a blur, but parts of it I remember clearly. First, the temperature dropped a good 30 degrees, and with that came a smell, a horrible stench that permeated the room. Then, the house began to shake, like it was alive. And from above me, I could hear something big, stomping. Then, the screaming started. I had to get my children. I ran upstairs. But the door wouldn't open. I threw myself at it. And it slammed open. Come on, grab your brother and head to the car. I quickly followed. As we got into the car, what the hell's going on? we could still hear the noise from the house. I parked at the top of the street, where I could still see the house. Every light was on, and we could see it searching for us. The blackness moving methodically from one room to another. My children never returned to the house and I never went there alone. Everyone who came with me would witness something. A scream, a whisper, a pounding from the floor above us. I still remember what the landlady said when I gave her back the key. I never really thought you were the right type for an old house. As for the house today, it was turned into a dog kennel. I guess she ran out of old house types to rent it to. <laughs>